Welcome to the Red Rain Podcast. Here is your host from Revenge of the Birds, Walter Mitchell. Thank you, Kyle Little Rock Ledbetter. Happy Halloween, Cardinal fans. Uh, interesting stuff going on today with the trading deadline. And I just heard a report that there's a chance that Josh Dobbs will be starting against the Cardinals in Cleveland this weekend. Oh, boy, that would be a <laughs> a turn of events. Um, that is if the caveat was if they couldn't uh, trade for uh, Jacoby Brissett. Um, so, but we have a special guest today, Barry Shuck, who's the venerable writer for Dogs by Nature on SB Nation for the Cleveland Browns. And he's a longtime friend of the show and of, of mine and Kyle's. Um, we value his football acumen, and we're really excited to have him here to talk trades and, uh, and do a preview of this Sunday's game. Um, Cardinals versus Browns in Cleveland. So, Barry, welcome, and uh, how are you, and what are your thoughts on on the trading deadline? Uh, thanks for having me. It's um, It looks like the entire nation's got cool weather coming in. Uh, seems like everywhere but Florida. Right. Um, as far as trade deadline, you know, there's so many needs for both the Browns and the Cardinals. Um, the, the Browns have a great defense this year. They still have needs. And their offense is horrible. Uh, it starts with the quarterback. And then you look at the Cardinals, it's kind of the flip side. The offense kind of is, is carrying that team, but they can't stop the pass and they can't stop the run. You agree with that? Yeah, until suddenly recently, our game against the Ravens was defensively was the best they've played, um, and it was very encouraging. I wrote about that on RevengeOfTheBirds.com that uh, this uh, defensive performance holding the Ravens to basically half the yards they got against the Lions. Uh, we held them to 268 yards. Um, unfortunately, a couple turnovers uh, – gave them short fields and led to 14 points, which was its difference in the game. But, uh, but yeah, the offense had been carrying. We've been running the ball really well, Barry, um, and Dobbs has contributed to that. He's been really good running the football. Uh, and he was, had some good passing games against the Cowboys and, and 49ers, which, you know, if you can do it against them, you can do it against anybody. But suddenly over the last four weeks, He's just struggled, um, and uh, sometimes overshooting uh, like easy slant passes and stuff like that. Um, not sure, you know. This is his first extended string of starts in his career, so you know, no one would would know yet whether he could sustain what he was starting earlier. But uh, yeah. he struggled a little bit, but he did lend, lead a furious comeback. In the fourth quarter, the Cardinals hadn't scored a touchdown in the fourth quarter for ages, um, and uh, he got us into the end zone twice. Uh, so he ended up on a high note. But I think the Cardinals yes. now uh, want to um, see Clayton Tune, the rookie, this week, or you know if they can put keep Kyler on the fast track, you 
might see Kyler Murray, but uh, Dobbs has been ruled out as the starter this week. Yeah, the Cardinals against the Ravens was a great game. 17 points in the fourth quarter uh, against the Ravens. And, you know, uh, Walter, the thing about that is Lamar has been tearing uh, teams up with his legs. The Cardinals kept him to just uh, 17 uh, yards on five carries. That doesn't happen. Now, Lamar's not a great passer. He only had 157 yards, but he was sacked four times. Yep. And so the the defensive surge right there was part of it. But the Cardinals have just kind of, you know, they went into the fourth quarter only uh, having a 21-7 to deficit right there. And they, right. they had, a good, had a good fourth quarter. It just came up short. Yeah. Um, but what, what amazed me was when they had the turnover of downs after the ref changed the spot. Yes. I never could get a good reason behind that did, did you well they have this new thing now on you know fourth fourth down plays where a review goes immediately to the main office um and, yeah new york yeah new york so you know i thought you know from the angle that i saw in the replay it looked to me like amari de Mercado stretched the ball over the line and the the, the original spot was accurate. But I don't yeah. know if the people in New York had a different replay who might have been able to see if his his butt was down first. or. But from the replay we had, it looked pretty clear that he crossed that line. So, oh, it was so so agonizing to see them move the ball back a yard. And, and But that's where, yeah. the, you know, the, the league chimed in and said, and now we don't really need to review it because we've already just reviewed it. And then, uh, so the officials could just say, "Well, it's Baltimore's ball." Um, I was really disappointed with the play call because early in the in the game, we scored a touchdown with Dobbs on the tush push, which we've been running right. well with him. And you know, it was fourth and a half a yard. Let's do it again. Come on. Um, and yeah. instead, yeah. they you know tried a little funky misdirection running, and. Um, the Ravens played it well, but I still thought DiMarcado had it. Yeah, you know where the Tush Push got its name? Where? Um, the Eagles head coach came up with it, but its original origin was in 1984 with Reggie Bush. Back then, it was illegal to assist. Right. But there was a play uh, with USC when he was uh, when he was there, right? And he actually assisted a guy over the line, and they called that the Bush uh, push. <laughs> that's right. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my and god. So that's, that's right. That's that's where the tush, uh, tush push got its name. <laughs> it's it's just a play off of that uh, that play right there. Um. But I, I don't like that. I don't like that play. I, I'm, you know, more old school. I think that a, a player should be able to, you know, go on his own and, and crank it out. Uh, when you've got two, three hundred pound guys or a, a big tight end pushing you, uh, it's not necessarily you as long as your legs are are staying up. Right. But uh, 
but uh, I, I don't agree with that. I don't think it's a good play. I think they ought to get rid of it. Me too. Um, you know, they had it forever uh, that, that you couldn't do that. It was a penalty right. if you did. Right. Um, uh, you know, and, and what they do, Walter, is, is every so many years they come up with something, some new wrinkle, like the five-yard uh, contact rule with uh, receivers. I have interviewed uh, lots of former players, and all the defensive backs said, the first thing I did was jam the receiver, jammed him again, jammed him a third time, and that threw off his timing. Right. And once you throw off your timing, you, you screw up the play. Right. Well, now you may be able to get one jam on him, and then you got to let him go. Right. And so what the, the league has done over the years, and this is ever since the, the 70s, is every so many years they come up with a new rule that helps the offense. Because what the NFL wants is they want every game to be 38 to 35. And, yeah. and one in the last few, few seconds. That's what they want. They don't want these 12 to 7 games. These 10 to three games. They don't want a, a great defense dominating the game. The only thing that they haven't done, and I expect them to one day, is to make a rule where the defense can only play 10 on the field. Hmm. Think about it. Yeah. That would be the ultimate, that would right. be the ultimate helping the offense, wouldn't right. it? Right. Yeah. Uh, a man in the penalty box all game. Yeah. As it is now, it is. It's like, 11 versus 10 or 10 and a half because of the rules and the favor receivers. Um, yeah. And for a league that preaches player safety, this tush push, my prediction is the minute somebody, you know, gets seriously injured in one of those, which the likelihood is very strong. Right. Um, they're going to review this with the league. I mean, it it can't be helped the safety of the players when you have hundreds of pounds. You know, imagine being a player in the middle of that getting pushed back backwards. Yeah, center and, or guard or defensive what, tackle. Right, and what it could do to your knees and then getting landed on by uh, 300 pounders, it just doesn't mm -hmm. make sense to me. And it's an ugly play. And, um, you know, I think the quarterback sneak will always be – be a, a you know a, a play of choice for some teams um anyway but yeah uh <laughs> the cardinals happened to get a touchdown from their tight end trey mcbride who was stood up by three defenders on the three yard line and um for yeah. whatever reason i've never seen the refs not blow the whistle on in a situation like that they no one you know mm -hmm. they were swallowing their whistles and so the Cardinals, their whole offensive line came running up and pushed him into the end zone mm -hmm. and, uh, for a touchdown. Yeah. So it's translating not only, you know, in short-yarded situations, but it's also a uh, effect, you know, coming to fruition. And, you know, um, any guy who's near the goal line can get an assist these days, I guess. Uh, but, uh, yeah. yeah. Um, well, the, the quarterback sneak, the quarterback sneak, goes back to the beginnings of American football. Um, right. That's just been one of the – because when the when American football came from rugby and, and was starting, it was three downs to make five yards. And it was basically just another scrum game 
like right. rugby was, and right. it was all main, mainly running. And quarterback sneak was just part of that. Um, where that came from was in 1919, Yale quarterback Graham Wickelbaum used it against Harvard and coined the play's name, which meant he could sneak into a hole before being detected. So right. if it's came from 1919, it's yeah. always been part of the fabric of the game. But right. to be assisted like that has not been part of the game. No. And it just and as long as the quarterback can keep his legs up and not touch the ground, and right. you've got these behemoth guys pushing right. on him, right? Well, you and I can make that first down. Right. Yeah, and they could bring back refrigerator. <laughs> the yeah, refrigerator. True. Yeah, yeah. He, I, I heard he's lay, I, I heard he's laying brick in Chicago. Yeah, good for him. Right now, refrigerator yeah, I Perry, who was an yeah, icon from, in short yardage situations. Uh, nobody wanted to take yeah, him on. Yeah, although we have not, a guy, Buda, Buda Baker, who would take anybody on. That that guy is just unbelievable. The way he played against the Ravens was awesome, and oh, he um, was great. I covered yeah. I covered the Senior Bowl every year, and he was at the Senior Bowl his senior season, and. He was just uh he was awesome there. He's he's a hitter. He he's is one of those old school hitters. Yep. And he knows exactly where to take you down. He's not a high, yeah. he doesn't go high. He 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 goes right for where you're gonna knock a guy's legs out. And uh you know, yeah. he and was, he's he's good in he's good in the box too. Yeah, he, he really is. Um and and plus he takes the romance out of the out of the uh, slant pass if, if he's playing the middle, um, but uh, God, I love this guy and I'm so happy he's still a Cardinal and I hope they they re-sign him for years to come. I mean, he came back. That's one of the reasons why our defense is suddenly much better. I mean, we had a stretch, mm -hmm. Barry, where um, in like four games where the defense didn't stop anything in the second half of all those games. I mean, the Giants yeah. scored 31 points um, and 400 yeah. yards in the second half when we had a 20 nothing lead. I mean, it was just – I I was just like – we hired a defensive-minded head coach, and this is happening, and they looked helpless as coaches. No, no adjustments, mm -hmm. no, you know. Yeah. But so it was encouraging to see the defense looking like a real defense at least the last uh, six quarters. So, um, yeah, that's good. Um, but uh, – I'm going to throw some names out to you and want to get your take. All right. Uh, okay. So, and, and teams, your quarterback situation, what would you like to see done? And what's going on with Deshaun Watson? Well, for one, we're stuck with him. You know, he, he was awesome at Clemson. I got a friend of mine that's got season tickets to Clemson. So, Every year I fly out to South Carolina and watch a home game. And I've seen two of his home games, and he killed teams with his legs. He got right. Houston, and he only played part of his rookie year. But once he grabbed the starting nod, the first two years, the Texans were relevant. Uh, Deshaun Watson went to Pro Bowls. In his third year, he passed for almost 5,000 yards on a team that only won four games. Won another right. Pro Bowler, led the league in passing, had 33 touchdowns, only seven interceptions, um, then set out a year. And then 
when Cleveland signed him, sat out almost another year with an 11-game suspension, and something happened in that law right there. It's not like he right. was sitting on the couch eating bonbons, but right. to be so inactive for so long. Now, the good thing was he was a, a relatively young man in his 20s. It's not like he was 38 and had this law. Right. But once he came back, the six games last year, you know, I the, after the first game, I wrote an article that said, we waited 11 games for this. Right. Because he was just a shell of it. He'd throw it in the dirt, throw it over the head, uh, not escaping, getting 11 yards rushing. Well, he's he was a Lamar Jackson, Michael Vick type of runner where he right. would just First progression, second progression, go. Right. If he couldn't get his check down, go. And he'd be seven, eight yards before anybody knew that he left the pocket. And now he's hesitant. He'll come out of the pocket, and he's still looking to throw, whereas before he was just gone. Lamar right. Jackson, once he escapes the pocket, uh, he is just he's gone. gone. Now, the, yeah. You know, most of the time. Now, against the Cardinals, he wasn't gone. They – they kept him in the pocket, and that's how you defeat his scrambling. Lamar Jackson is to keep him in the pocket. Right. Don't allow him to escape. But Deshaun, I've he's only played ten games, ten games for the Browns. He's Amazing. had one game that I would rate him, you know, like a seventy, eighty QB rating type player, and everything else is just you know grades of C minus, D plus. F and um, so that's that's a problem right there. They wanted him to come back and be the player that he was. Well, we're still waiting on that. Now the injury when Baker Mayfield hurt his shoulder with the Browns, they should have sat him, did whatever yeah. it took, operation whatever. Instead, right. he played through it. He had a horrible year, and they traded him. You know, if if you're hurt, you're hurt. If if you're injured and you need to be repaired, then let's repair you. Right. Uh, we don't know if he's. He, I've, we've heard he's got micro tears in his shoulder and is. I don't know. He's been green lighted by a doctor the last two games. I don't know. So wow. now the question is. Now the question is, why did we trade Josh Dobbs? Right. So, which by which by the way, that paperwork was inaccurate. Um, we meant to trade the other guy, so we need Josh Dobbs back. If you don't mind? <laughs> well, you might be getting him today. Who knows? Uh, somebody might be getting him today, and if he can get his his fundamentals back, uh, he kind of lost his fundamentals a little bit there. Uh, but he he's gonna put pressure on any defense with his legs. We've learned that. And uh, he's a tough kid, boy. I mean, he yeah, does he not is. go down easy. And uh, he'll lower his shoulder even to get another yard. And he, mm -hmm. he's a defensive back for a touchdown, which was awesome earlier in the season. Yeah. Um, and, he's, and he's hard so, to sack, you know, too. Well... My issue with him is that here's the thing he really needs to correct is ball security. Um, you yeah, know, absolutely. Bit, bit him in the butt. Plus, mm -hmm. with, with with leads, Barry, um, you know, when he was with the Titans, you know, fourth quarter lead, he, right. he didn't 
feel the pressure. He didn't step up in the pocket properly and he got mm-hmm. sacked. And like you said in your article and others have said, he's got small hands. So yeah, you know, he does. On, typically on sacks, he's going to, you know, ball's going to come out. Um, I mean, in this last week, we're under the two minute warning playing a great first half. It's a seven, seven game. The Cardinals are backed up towards their end zone. And on a second down, he just air mails. I mean, it yeah. wasn't even close. Yeah, it was um, a ball that was easily intercepted. Mm-hmm. And what a, you know, it's the timing of his mistakes like that. Like just when you had the momentum in seven, seven game and, at least get out of the half 7-7. Seven, seven. Instead, you know, it led to the Ravens going up 14-7 at halftime, and we didn't have any time left on the clock to try to answer, and they're getting the ball first. Yeah, which, you know, is, which uh, is a uh, double flip. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah, it can be a 14 so, or a 10-point swing before you know it. Correct. And um, so – but he's he he passed well. I'll tell you one thing: he throws better to his left than he throws to his right. You think he throws ropes? Yeah. Yes. I mean, he's been connecting with our rookie Michael Wilson mm-hmm. um, on on the left side on deep outs. Yeah, he throws ropes on those. Um, I don't know what it is about the way his maybe it's just the way his body torques to his left gives him a little more power and juice Mm -hmm. um but he's typically thrown better to his left um yeah Yeah, so he connected with mcbride to the left quite a bit too um who ended up having 10 receptions correct and uh you know i think mcbride is a budding star Yes, he I, is. I think they should be throwing to they should be throwing to him more than just fourteen times a game. Yeah, um, I think that's going to happen now. That's on the IR, and uh, you know he'll be our go-to guy. Should have been from the start. Mm-hmm. Um, the coaching staff came in, and I think kind of um, you know gave the veterans of the. You know, the first crack. He had, he had to a soccer superstar, me. right? So you got to give him the edge. <laughs> so, oh, well, he's, so that's that's what that that's what's going on with Deshaun. It's uh, he's supposed to play, and he's on the sideline now. His backup is PJ Walker, who was an XFL superstar. Right. That guy, he had a he had a decent game. I do a column called Brownies and Frownies. I take two pages of notes every game, and then after the game, I write who played well, who didn't play well, and who had some moments and didn't have some moments. And PJ Walker ends up in those not having moments. I call them milk bones. And he he throws into the turf a lot. He overthrows a lot. Um, he's got decent legs, and he's a player that's not going to slide. But he, you know, he was on the practice squad all year. Now he's starting two games. Um, that, this was his third game. On, right. on the bench there is a, the quarterback, uh, Dorian Thompson-Robinson. Right. He played, was the darling of preseason right. against second-team players. Right. 
once he got in front of a, a you know first team defense, uh, his first progression, then it was over. And if right. you put any kind of pressure on him at all, he just sell the ball. He he just he needs yeah. he's one of those that needs seasoning, needs to be able to read a defense, needs to be able to know what the safeties are doing pre-snap, and he doesn't have any of that. Um, yeah. You know, in college, I, and I've like covering the senior bowl, I ask college players a lot of questions. The problem with being a superstar in college, like a Tim Tebow, is that, yes, this week you're playing Alabama and the next week you're playing Georgia, but the next week you're playing Murray State and then San Jose State and then right. uh, you know New Mexico. And so you're not playing all these great teams, whereas when you get in the NFL – an offensive lineman told me, he said, the guy in front of you is better than you. And when he goes out for a rest, the guy that comes in is just as good as you. College, you don't. That gave you problems, and everybody else, you dominated. Right. Right. So, you, you to be a, a great college quarterback like Dorian Thompson Robinson was at UCLA and come into the NFL – it's just not going to happen. And, and, of course, his first game was against the Ravens, who look to me like they're going to meet the Chiefs in the AFC championship. Right. Their defense this year, Barry, is really good. Um, like that. Roquan Smith is oh, Fred, Fred Warner, I think. is, or, mm-hmm. And he and Fred Warner might be the two best, uh, not only middle linebackers, but – right up there in the top 10 defensive players in the league. Um, that was a yeah. great trade for them. Patrick Queen alongside of him brings the athleticism. They've got – they're leading the league in sacks. Their mm-hmm. secondary is really, really solid all all across the board. So that's going to be huge for them. And um, So let's shift over. I want to stay with the quarterback needy teams. Okay. If you were the Vikings, what are you going to do? Um, I think my blockbuster trade involves the Vikings. I think that they're going to try to make a play for Ryan and Tannehill. Right. Is Tana, I think that's what they're going to go. Is Tannehill hurt, however? Um, I don't think he is. Uh, I, I think he's coming back, yeah. but I – I think that's what they're gonna they're gonna shoot for right there, yeah. and see if they can't bring somebody in. Otherwise, they're gonna have to go free agent route, like somebody like Matt Ryan or uh, right. Nick Foles or uh, Joe Flacco. Right. I know. Yesterday, you there know, were whispers that they are, were kicking the tires on Jameis Winston as well as a trade from the Saints. Oh, that's horrible. That's a horrible decision, you know. But you got to have somebody. I think Tannehill's a great and, call, uh, Barry. Yeah. I think Tannehill would be a really good call for them. Uh, um, and I think that after uh, the way their rookie played, um, Levis, yeah, um, last week, uh, I think it's and they have Malik as a as a backup. Um, you know. I think certainly the Titans and they've been, you know, in the mode of wanting to get rid of some players to get some draft capital. So mm-hmm. that's a great call. I think uh, 
What about Jacoby Brissett in Minnesota? Um, I don't. I don't think he's going to go anywhere. And the reason is, is because Sam Howell is a starting quarterback, um, you know, from North Carolina, and he is really struggling. And I am surprised that he hasn't been pulled as of yet. But you don't trade an experienced backup when your starter is struggling. If your starting quarterback is doing all right, then maybe. And um, but I think that they're going to keep Brissett because I I think you're going to see him starting uh, sooner than later. Yeah, but maybe. Uh... Because Brissett's on a one-year deal, you get value for him now, um, and they are committed to Howell. I mean, Ron Rivera has said that Howell has, you know, he's he he's played really well in some games, and in some games he's struggled. Um, it seems to me, and they named him a captain, so it seems to me like they like his future, but. You know, will Brissett be there beyond this year? Maybe. I mean, if they're going to sign him, if he was on a two-year deal, it might make more sense to keep him. But um, you know, the other thing was, was Stafford getting hurt this weekend might have killed a potential Stafford to Vikings move, which would have made sense because of Kevin O'Connell. Yeah. And his, you know, he was there for the Super Bowl year. Um working with Stafford. I mean, that might've been a really, really cool fit for them, mm -hmm. but I guess Stafford has a thumb injury now and there's questions as to whether they're going to put him on the IR um, and whatnot. So, uh, uh, um, yeah, but uh, I, I don't think, I don't yeah, think, I don't um, think Brissett's going anywhere because see on the 53 man roster, Washington's only got two quarterbacks. They've got Jake Fromm on practice. They got Jake Fromm right. on the practice squad. And he is he is one of their four protected right. players, so nobody can can grab him. But if if you're if if Sam Howell right. is struggling and you finally decide, well, you know this is our future, but not this year, and you're going to put somebody else in, uh, Fromm is not going to be the answer coming from the practice squad. So you've got right. two two young guys that are floundering, or Brissett, who's got lots of NFL starts, including. 11 games last year for the, for the Browns last year. Right. Uh, I understand he's the journeyman, but he was on a one-year contract with the Browns too. He was yeah, before that, right. he was on a one-year contract with yeah. Miami. Yeah, uh, so, you know, if, if they feel that he is, uh, you know, the, not the answer at quarterback, but the answer to, to the backup situation when Al finally gets pulled, and I understand right. that they want to keep Howell and they want him for the future, but you got to have somebody experienced, you know, behind that. That's, that's what I don't understand about general manager Andrew Barry with the Browns. Ever since he started in 2020, he's always had dependable backups at running back and at quarterback. And this year he yeah. didn't. Uh, Baker Mayfield, he, he had Casey Keenum. Um, then they had Jacoby Brissett behind right. Deshaun Watson. They always had Kareem Hunt and Dernis Johnson right. at running back. They got rid of all those guys and had just young, untested people right. behind it, as if Nick Chubb or Deshaun Watson was never going to get hurt. And when they did, it went like, oh, crap, what are we going to do now? Right. And that's 
that's what the offense is in with, with the Cleveland Browns. Right. The defense is carrying this team and doing the best they can because uh, all the offense is doing is, is turning the ball over and yep. uh, allowing, allowing lots of sacks every game. And the defense runs back out. A lot of three and outs. I think the offensive uh, MVP this year for the Browns is our punter. <laughs> Cardinal fans can relate to that. <laughs> yeah, they can. They can. Uh, that's a sad situation. In our history, right. <laughs> a punter was one of the most active positions in Cardinals history. Um, so yeah. uh, they're getting plenty of work. But um, so I understand you have a, a trade proposal. Let's do our annual Cardinals Browns trading negotiation. What do you have? All right. I... Um, we have an excess of pass rushers. And I, I think that that's something that the Cardinals need. Um, we've got too many good pass rushers. And Rota, uh, he's 28 years old. We also got the youngster, Alex Wright. And um, they're not satisfied with the play of starting left tackle Jedrick Wills, who's a former first-rounder. Um, as far as the Cardinals, uh, I think defensive end Kevin Strong is playing out of position. Position. I think he's more of an inside guy that's playing on the outside. Um, he's got, uh, you know, uh, around 20 tackles this year with three quarterback hits. And then Jonathan Ledbetter um, has only got two quarterback hits and around 20 tackles. Neither is getting to the quarterback on a regular basis. So uh, with the Browns having a left tackle problem and with right. the Cardinals not having a good pass rusher, my suggestion and my offer is that we signed Zadarius Smith from the Vikings during the offseason. We paid a lot for him. We, we sent, I think, four draft picks to get him. He is on a one-year, $11 million contract um, with an average salary of $11,710,000. And his history is that in 2019, he had 13 and a half sacks. In, in 2020, he had 12 and a half sacks. Then he was hurt all of 21. And then last year, he had 10 sacks. So in his last three healthy seasons, he had 36 sacks and 180 right. tackles for, for his career. Um, this right. would give uh, Kaiser White a bookend pass rusher. So he's, he's playing well for the, the Browns, but we've got capable backups that are taking his snaps as well. And in return, the Browns would want offensive tackle DJ Humphreys, who's 29 years old. Um, right. You know, he's he's on his three-year, $43 million contract. Right. Um, he's got an average salary of a little over $14 million. So right off, the Cardinals would save $3 million a year. Um, now the Cardinals have still have Ke uh, Kelvin Beecham on the bench. I, re I realize he's 34 years old. They've yep. also got offensive tackle uh, Carter O'Donnell, uh, who's only 24. Right. Um, but um, the former first round pick and veteran uh, Humphreys fits the bill of a player who can be moved. The, the front office, I believe, in Arizona is clearly 
in asset collection mode. Right. Um, I think I think Humphrey's play has not been up to the level of his previous years under the new scheme of uh, pitching, but he could be a contract they are looking to uh, get off their books. You're right. I think that's it's quite possible they would entertain something like that. Now let me let me ask you about you know Jedrick Wills. Did did the Browns pick up his fifth year? They did. Right. So what's going on with him? I mean, I loved him coming out of Alabama. Um, I know they Everybody started loved on the right it. side, and then uh, I think he, they moved him no, over to the left. No, right. he, he was a right tackle um, three of his four years at Alabama. Right. Um, in, in high school, he was a guard and then played some left tackle. Right. But he was he's a true right tackle, but uh, we had signed Jack Conklin the year before from the Tennessee Titans, who all in college was a left tackle, then played right tackle for the for the Titans. So they put him at right tackle, and that's where he was playing. So when they uh, drafted Dragic right. Wills, they wanted a left tackle. Uh, Chris Hubbard wasn't the answer, who starting for somebody now. I saw him the other day, but right. he's. He's just not a sustainer of blocks. I what? think what could happen is if we could get a true left tackle like Humphreys in and right. install him at tackles, I think Wills would be a, a really good offensive guard. Yeah. I don't think he's got the feet for, for left tackle. He gets he gets burned. If you've got somebody that's got a great first step and right. somebody that hovers around – 265 275 that's really really fast you can um you can just you can just lean on him and get around him all day i saw a play this this sunday and they had a guy rushing inside and a guy rushing outside he didn't block either one of them wow he just let both of them go and um he uh he had two sacks against him in sunday's game I just think that tackle is not hit. Either he needs to be put in his natural position at right tackle or he needs to play right. offensive guard, but not left tackle. And Humphreys would solve that for the Browns. Um, and then that would add um, a, a pass rusher to the right. Cardinals because the defense is playing better. Uh, when, right. you only, when you only lose seven to who I think might be the Super Bowl champion Ravens, you've had a good game. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I think the, the, um, the thing about us is now we're playing in a 34. Do you think that, uh, you know, um, oh, I'm drawing like the, the player that you were mentioning, the, uh, defensive yeah. end. The Darius Smith. We call him, we call him ZDS. Perfect. ZDS. Um, do you yeah. think he can play inside as a defensive end in the, you know, on the 34? Oh, um, I'm not sure. Um, let me see what is, what his size is. We, ha he's um, like six, four two seventy, I think. Um, yeah, no. Yeah. He's, he's, yeah, he's, he's No, he's, I don't know. He's he plays outside for us, and he's got a great first step. Right. He's got a good swim move. He's got a good spin move. 
Um, he is pretty, he's decent at run, uh, support. Yep. Um, but he's, he's basically a pass rusher, a, a pass, uh, defender. And he, he absolutely gets after it with miles Garrett on the other side. I think inside you need guys that are like uh six, one, six, two, that are a little bit shorter. Um, and that range in the three Oh five, three ten range. Right to where they're going to be difficult to move. You got to be able to to maintain your gaps. And at two seventy five, he's more built for speed than he is for girth. Mm-hmm. Yep. Awesome. Um, a couple of guys that, uh, which by the way, now that we're talking defensive line, Ben Stilly, um, who we got from you guys on. Um, uh, after you waved him, uh, got a sack on Lamar last uh, few days ago. We were really psyched about that. They pulled him up from the practice squad. And, um, he's been hustling yeah. pretty well. Um, the thing about us is that we are loaded, um, at least with um, potential guys on the edge. Um we're like in the top ten in sacks, amazingly, and um, they moved yeah. Zayvon Collins to the edge, and he's he's got three three and a half, maybe four sacks now. Dennis Gardeck mm-hmm. is playing an edge on the other side with B.J. Ojolari, who, they, who we picked in the second round. Ojolari had a sack on Lamar. Um, mm-hmm. Like we're getting some production there. We don't have a superstar. Zadarius Smith be more veteran than we've had and he i i just don't know if the need is great enough there so if it wasn't let me ask you this if we were going to negotiate this um all right and and by the way smith is i looked up his contract you guys paid the majority of of his salary and a signing bonus so he he really would only count one point something million um, and of course, with half the season left, you know, it wouldn't be that big of a, a cap head. Yeah. Um, but a couple players that, that I would, first of all, if we're the GMs, if I counter with, all right, how about we go straight up Humphreys for Wills? Would you make that deal? Oh, I do that. I do that in five seconds. I didn't, I'd even throw in a bag of footballs. Oh, wow. Because what we could do. Is move Wills over to right tackle, um, mm-hmm. and then f- we take our first round pick, Paris Johnson Jr., which I lobbied for. Just keep him at left tackle from the beginning, and I'm, you know, and um, yeah, and I think he's a natural left tackle uh, who's been playing right tackle because of Humphreys. Um, we could same we thing could with Wills, right? Yeah, so same I thing with the Wills. There might work. All right, I would mm-hmm. I would agree to that trade immediately myself. Um, now we'd have to pick up that fifth year option, but if if he looks like a guy who can, you know, plug in there um, at right tackle, that that would allow us to address other needs in the first round of having drafted a tackle in the first round last year. A couple other yeah, players. See, I, that, go ahead. Yeah. See, I I, I was I was thinking a productive player for a productive player. But right. I, I look at, I look at Wills as damaged goods. I have, okay. I absolutely do. But if, if we're GMs, I'm not telling you that, 
um, I'm writing it on my arm and um, right. showing it to right. my assistant GM and, you know, we're putting you on mute and we're laughing about it. But I think Wills is, is probably, I would either, if, if I had the team, I would either put him at right tackle his natural position and see, right. or put him at guard. But left tackle is definitely not where his position is. He gives right. up on plays. He gives up on plays a lot. He, he doesn't sustain blocks a lot. And, and what he should be doing is he should be just taking the player and just move them way past the pocket and then put them out of harm's way. If you're going to have a speed guy that just take him, but he's not good at sustaining a block, he puts his hands on you and he on a defender and he just pushes. Then he lets off instead of keeping his hands on the guy and letting the guy try to maneuver and work either left or right, and then still keeping him in your possession and moving him where you want him to go. Uh, he doesn't do that. He pushes with right. both hands. Then he lets off. Well, then the guy is the defender is free to make an adjustment to what is actually happening in live action. Realistically, the, the, the quarterback should be in the pocket, but a lot of times he's not. He's being flushed left, right, or even out of the pocket. Right. When you push, a def- when you push your defender and then let off on him, the defender has the ability to do whatever he wants. See, Wills doesn't see the quarterback. The defender does. The defender yes. makes the, the adjustments. Wills doesn't. Right. So. That what I was proposing would give you a productive player, whereas I feel sending you to uh, Wills unless you can fix him. So we've we've uh, the Browns got the best offensive line uh, coach in the entire league, and and Bill Callahan. If he can't fix him, that's that's my yeah, thinking. Right, Bye. but if he is out of position, that's that's another you know that's the question too. Um, and I. Yeah, I, I'm not sure the Cardinals would take on anyone with a fifth-year option, um, particularly a tackle. They have to pay tackle money on anyway. So let me shift over yeah. to a couple other players. Your Northwestern cornerbacks. We have um, Ryan Smith, our, our cornerbacks coach, is brand new, and he came from Northwestern. So yeah. looking at Greg Newsom the second and Cameron Mitchell, could, would you, yeah. if we're talking Humphreys for someone, would you consider either of them? Negative. Cameron Mitchell is a rookie, by the way, and he dropped, let me tell you, Walter, he dropped the prettiest pick I've ever seen. He broke on the ball. The the uh, the uh, Seahawks were maybe on the 20, their own 25. He yeah. broke on it. It came right to him. And it hit one of his fingers instead of cradling it. His, he, he started to close his hands too early. It hit one of his fingers and bounced off. That was a pretty pick six. He is a wow. good special teams. He is a special uh, teams guy and he's good yeah. on that. Punt coverage, kickoff coverage. Brown's got one of the best punt coverage uh, uh, groups in the entire league. Um, they're averaging about 7.5 yards a punt return for the entire year, and he's on that team. But he's a rookie, so uh, you know he may develop, and we'll see. But he's not—he's not getting very many defensive snaps. He may get 10 dis- defensive snaps, 
a game, but he's mainly paid on a special team. Now, Greg Newsom is a star, and right now the Browns are the number one pass defense in the entire league. Nobody awesome. has allowed fewer passing yards, fewer touchdown passes than the right. Browns. So any safety, any cornerback uh, for the Browns is going to be kept as is because, you know, the old adage, if it ain't broke, right. Don't fix it. Gotcha. So they want to main they want to maintain that and to have good pass rush and good pass defense. You can stop any team, or at least stay in the game with them. Now, right. having said that, having said that, the Seahawks' first drive and the Seahawks' final drive in the last game, they just went bit 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 down the field and passes, and the game was over. So we've got the number one pass defense which didn't work on two drives and lost the game. Yeah, that was a tough game. Um, Seahawks are – what do you think of their trade for, uh, you know uh, – Oh, that's they, phenomenal. Yeah. Phen- uh, phenomenal. Phen- and phenomenal. Had I, the, I, go ahead. I thought, I thought the Giants would be sellers, and I, I saw that, uh, that Williams would be on the trade block. He is he is a good guy, um, you know, and and I just for a pair of draft picks, but one of them was a second round pick. I I don't know, I don't know right. about that. Um, right. I was thinking maybe two thirds, one and one this year, and then one the next year. But they got a second round pick and then a twenty twenty five fifth round pick, and right. they didn't get any picks in in exchange for that. You usually they'll get back a, a, a sixth round or maybe a, a seventh round or maybe one of both, but, but they sent it for two draft picks. He is all out. He is, there's no quit in Leonard Williams. There's no, no quit. Uh, and plus the giants are taking on most of that 10 million owed to Williams. So um, I think the Seahawks will owe him about 647,000 for the remainder of the season, which is, the prorated amount of the veteran minimum uh, base salary. So, right. see, to me, the Seahawks is win, win, win. Yeah, and they've been first building place that in the division. Yeah, yeah, they're they've, they're in first place in the division with the collapse to the Forty ers Yeah, and they've also uh, established the line of scrimmage on defense better than ever before. Uh, I think they were leading the, right near the top of the league in run defense. Um, yeah, the, that's true. The Bobby Wagner get, old too in the middle, which is pretty awesome. Um, yeah. Having brought him back, and then you got the kid Weatherspoon. Mm-hmm. Um, what a yeah. draft pick! And then Woolen, the other corner. Um, yeah, that defense yeah. is Wither- really Yeah, Weatherspoon is a great player. He is a great player. He went to high school with the Browns' MJ Emerson. Their starting cornerback. They both were the starting quarterbacks for uh, their high school in in Pensacola, Florida. So that was a reunion right there for the two of them. The, of course, they didn't go against each other in, in this game with the Seahawks versus the Browns. But Weatherspoon right. is, is a great player, and he, he he they didn't throw his way much. Yeah, I tell you, uh, you know, he was just kind of. A little above average for three years, and then ba-boom, last year he was lights out. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, he's carried that right over, and he's in a system that suits him pers- 
perfectly. So uh, with Pete Carroll, who I think is one of the best defensive back coaches in all of football and has been for years. Um, he's yeah. He's got a knack for that. So, um, all right. Yeah. Now, speaking of speaking of the speaking of the Forty Niners, did you see where Colin Kaepernick got fired from his uh, high school coaching job? No. What happened? Yeah, he was uh, uh, coaching. Um, uh, at Joseph Barron Senior High School in Des Moines, Iowa, and um, they just after six games they just fired him. It, according to the quote from the high school, this this came from the high school. Uh, this is what they quoted him saying that things went poorly. The kids couldn't stand him, said Principal Jack Bowman. He just had a way of pissing people off. Oh wow! So, Jake. Anyway, uh, that's too bad. Um, man. Yeah. Anyway, what were you going to say next? Well, actually, this is where what's interesting to me about um, Deshaun Watson is, okay. uh, you know, every, every, you know, athlete's different. But right. traditionally, athletes who, you know, fall in disgrace by off-season, you know, um, transgressions, like Tiger Woods. Mm -hmm. Tiger Woods was not the same golfer after going through that. And it took him years to get, and a a swing change and, you know, and and surgeries and everything to get him to where he could win the Masters, you know, late in his career. But, you know, I was wondering... With Deshaun Watson, I mean, plus the weight of what appeared to me were blatant lies and, you know, not owning up to what he did um, and not recognizing the severity of it and not, you know, apologizing to the women. Um, Mm -hmm. I think the weight of all that, you know, and, and the kind of there has to be a trauma to that, <laughs> and I think that yeah. you know he's likely going to you know he's likely I thought he was likely going to struggle coming back because also when he was coming back he wasn't going to have DeAndre Hopkins to lean on, and um, you know, he had some really good receivers uh, in in Houston. And an offense that that catered to his skills perfectly. So, but um, yeah, I didn't know what what to expect from him, except that I sort of thought he might struggle. Plus, the enormity of that contract. Um, yeah. No, he's got to know deep down inside. He had to be laughing all the way to the bank that how he came out well, of you know falling from grace. To yeah. right up to the richest contract in NFL history is just mind-boggling. Yeah, and and none of the NFL owners, I think, they're still mad at that contract, and they have a right to be because it's one thing to guarantee money; it's another thing to guarantee all of that money. Right. When, when Kirk Cousins came out and signed that eighty-something million years ago, but it was fully guaranteed. Everybody's jaw dropped. Well, with Deshaun Watson, it was triple that fully guaranteed. There been there are, are still contracts that are far and above the total money 
um, like Josh Allen has signed. And, um, but it's the total amount of guaranteed money. Deshaun is still number one on that. So what right. that means is even if he plays bad or mediocre or right. average, there's nothing the Browns can do about that except to uh-huh. just keep playing him and hope that he'll regain the, the three-time Pro Bowl uh, right. body that he, he emboldened when he was signed that contract because you can't trade him. Right. You know, and if he's playing average, uh, who wants him? Right. Um, but you can't trade him because of the contract, so you're forced to keep him. And we're talking about this is not his last year. There's three years behind that. That's right. So it's just it's just yeah. hope that he regains that that elite status. He was top five right. when he was, you know, his last year in 2020, 4,800 yes. and something yards. Yards, passing yards uh, on a right. team that only won four downs. Now, when he signed with with the Browns at the time, their offensive line was ranked top three. Their offensive line coach, like I said, Bill Callahan, is rated number one as far right. as offensive line coach. Right. So he was coming to a team that didn't have the offensive wide receiver firepower that Houston did, but the protection is there. He came to a team, Houston. I don't even know who they had at running back. Well, we have Nick Chubb, and Nick Chubb is a perennial pro bowler, and that every year he was skipping along that line of being the NFL's leading rusher every single year. Right. So that's what Deshaun was coming to. And then, oh, right. we'll buy you some receivers, which they did. Right. Now, other than Amari Cooper, none of them have panned out. None of right. them are making a difference. You, it doesn't matter which one you play, they're going to get two catches, 26 yards, and that's it, except for Amari Cooper. Yeah. So, and then we got a, a first-round uh, first uh, tight end who, I don't know if you know this or not, Walter, but David Ngochu is being paid the same amount as Travis Kelsey. It's not getting near the production, not right. near the touchdowns. He's getting some targets. He had a, a great game last week, but that's just yep. one game. Right. He's had maybe two great games this year. So that's what Deshaun Watson saw. And I also remember when when Deshaun was looking for a place to go, he scratched Cleveland off his list. Right. <laughs> he had him. You know, yeah. uh, number one, he came out and said, "I don't want to play anywhere where it's cold." Right. Well, guess what? <laughs> yeah. Uh- I feel your pain, Barry. I feel it. Um, yeah, and if it, they had listened it, to us, Njoko yeah, would have. If they listened to us, yeah, that's right. Njoko that's right. He would have. Yep. He, he so, would have thrived there. <laughs> you know, so so that's that's the storyline there. He he didn't want to go anywhere cold. We, well, actually, they had a trade with the Miami Dolphins. Uh, already figured out money and everything. Uh, the the off season before he signed with the Browns, the problem was that the Dolphins owner said all of these allegations and all this legal problems, I want it gone before you come right. to training camp. Before you sign this, I want it gone. And of course, that could couldn't and wouldn't happen. And so then the owner said, nope. Right. X that off, and they ended up drafting Tua, and 
that looked like it was a, a good decision both ways for them. Boy, oh boy! I mean, is Tua playing? Is he balling or what? Um, now, well, he's healthy are, too. But I'll give anybody those receivers. But no, I mean, you got to hang in there. Yeah. I mean, the way Tua does, and he yeah, you do. You know, and he's laying yeah. the ball out there like you know he is really crushing it. And I, I, I'll tell you this: if anyone had asked what? me to bet on who would be the more productive pro, Kyler Murray or Tua, I would have said yeah. Kyler hands down. Yeah, I would have too. I would have Instead, too. Instead, I mean, Tua's going, you know, is just uh, is crushing it. And, you know, yeah. the question will be, can he can he sustain this physically? But up thus far, I'd say you'd have to consider him one of the MVP candidates um, for the way mm -hmm. he's distributing the ball and handling himself. And um, So, let's bring Kyle in. Um because uh, I think Kyle well, had a uh, a blockbuster trade um, of his it, own that he, he's been conjuring up. Hey, Kyle. Hello. Well, yeah, I have bringing in Chris. Are you bringing in Krispy Kreme? Because I need a snack. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could give you snacks right now, Barry. I wish I could. I wish yeah. I could hand deliver them to you through the computer screen because the snack sounds good yeah. right now. All right, go ahead. Uh, all I got is my bowl of cereal <laughs> over here from breakfast. Yeah. All right. Well, we all love Lucky Charms. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the first, so I have one Cardinals one, and then I have a, a Blockbuster one that I would point out. And the Cardinals, I think the two names, if uh, the biggest of the names most likely to get moved would be either Zaven Collins or Hollywood Brown. Uh, we right. talked a bit about Hollywood mm -hmm. Brown last week, so... I wanted to right. focus in on Zayvon Collins for this one. I think the Cardinals would want to get a third round pick, I would presume, for Zayvon Collins. And uh, yeah. the two teams that I think most poised to offer that up would be the Dallas Cowboys, who are uh, going to be without Leighton Vander Esch for a little bit right now, kind of just slide him in. They've already got two bona fide pass rushers someone who can right. potentially blitz on some schemes. So I think the Cowboys make sense. Uh, and then the, the, um, the Detroit lions make sense as well for as potentially a team to offer up a right. third round pick for Zayvon Collins in part. Cause I think they're going to get a couple compensatory picks this year. So parting with the third right. round pick might not be the, the worst thing in the world there. So that's my Cardinals one. I just tossed that over to you guys first before my big blockbuster trade. <laughs> yeah. I think there are a couple other teams as well that, that where Zayvon Collins would be a fit. Um, and I was thinking of that too. I was like wondering what teams could really use, use, uh, and all of my thinking was teams who, would want to bring Zavin back to the, you know, to inside linebacker. Um, although Zavin's making good strides I, at the, on the edge, but it's, it's so weird because our edge, <laughs> we have an edge rotation where they take the edge guys out almost every play. In fact, I, what's really driving me crazy is every time one of our edge guys makes a good play, they take him right out of the game. Um, Collins made a great play last week, uh, on on Lamar, and it was on a first down play. Boom, out of the game. <laughs> um, every time Gardeck makes a play, 
boom, out of the game. That I think that Bill Belichick would be a person to um, a coach that would be interested in Collins. I think he would get some pretty good uh, looks around the league, um, particularly um, for teams that are in the playoff hunt and, you know, want someone to fill in who just lost an inside linebacker that I'm trying to think there's, there's some team that, Oh, the bills. Mm -hmm. I mean, imagine Collins coming in for Mike Milano. That would be a, a perfect spot for Collins. Um, in my opinion, of course, I'm a big Mike Milano fan being from Boston college and, yeah, and he was so key to their defense. So, yeah, yeah, because the Patriots um, have Jawan Bentley in the middle, and and I think yeah, who I I think Collins is a natural inside guy, but you know I definitely wouldn't take him out for White. You know White White is what six in the league in ta in total tackles. You you don't take a, a guy that's got that much production out just because another guy is, is his natural position. He's playing out of position. Well, here's my thing with that, Barry. Is that, and I I agree that White is is uh, you know is someone we're building around that's really good. And in some of the games, uh, a couple of games he's he's not played well, but in the majority of the games he has, and he had played a great game against Lamar and the Ravens last week. Mm -hmm. But I mean, we're on the on the the teams that have pounded us. Um, in the running game, I wanted to see White and Collins as a tandem on the inside. The other yeah. inside linebacker we're starting is Josh Woods, who a, was a free agent from the Lions, who really hasn't played much, uh, has been a starter in the league. And But the other inside guy, um, Tavai, has been up and down, and I thought, you know, maybe Belichick would, would entertain a Collins scenario there because, you know, Belichick and linebackers. But I think, Kyle, you're on the yeah. right track um, if they're going to trade him. I think a day-two pick they'd probably take. I don't think they're going to take um, um, pick up Collins' fifth year. And so that, you know. But what he's done on the edge is encouraging. I just, he's not a consistently, you know, um, he doesn't get consistent pass rush pressure, so. Um, but that could be coming. I mean, he's just converting over there. I mean, Hassan Reddick in the beginning was having trouble, and then look at him now. Um, he's like such a stud. So, uh, yeah, and now what's yeah. your your blockbuster? All right, the blockbuster trade that I concocted, and this is one that I know that some people are listening to this after the deadline, so this is – a trade that we can also kick into the off season if uh, it doesn't get done today. Uh, I'm thinking Pat Sertan Jr. from the uh, Denver Broncos potentially getting moved. Uh, he he could get a first round pick in exchange. And so the deal I put together is Pat Sertan the second goes to the Jacksonville Jaguars in exchange for their first round pick and uh, a player named Antonio Hamilton who was a uh, fifth round pick a rookie this year that they took who plays safety uh someone that the broncos can slide in work on development acts like an extra draft pick of sorts so pat sertan wow. the second to the jaguars for antonio hamilton and the jaguars first round pick wow and i just looked at the most recent power ratings 
They have yep. um, they have the Jaguars at number two right now. That's pretty amazing That's to me. Uh, you know, they've been playing well, but I mean, I didn't realize that they were playing that well. And um, yeah, well, the Chiefs have have kind of slipped, and so is the the Forty Niners. So right, um, yeah. I think Zertan is is a player that's going to stand pat. I I know the Broncos are probably sellers today, and they can move several players, but I believe that Zertan will stay stay with the Broncos. Well, if that's the case, and you got Jalen Johnson out there, right, Kyle? Um, for the Bears, they're they're letting him shop. Yep, and also I know that uh, Kenny Moore from the Colts is available to be had. I think the. Uh, the 49ers are kicking the tires on him. Yeah, I think the 49ers, Steelers, and Eagles, of all people, are trying to land a cornerback today. Um, and Jalen Johnson's been one name attached to all three of them. Uh, yeah, I was thinking, would the Cardinals make a move? They have the draft capital for Jalen Johnson. Here's the thing, though. Yeah. Um, yeah. you know, our okay. young corners are pretty good, um, and have been making strides. The other thing is, is I, I'm not sure, you know, with, with what Johnson's contract is going to command. That's one of the reasons why they're training him because, uh, they couldn't work out a deal. I think he wants CB one money and I don't see Monty Austin for wanting to give up draft capital and have to pay that kind of salary when he we've got all these draft picks where you can just grab another cornerback uh like kool-aid mckinstry who might be a good pick for us in the first round with one of our two picks so but uh but he's a name out there that's very interesting now the thing about this too is and always worries me is so i went and looked at his four-year um history I mean, this is really the first year he's played consistently well. And he's played really well on a on a suspect defense. Um, and so it's not like they're saying this is like the Roquan Smith deal. Roquan Smith was an all-star the moment he laced him up and and uh, walked out on, the, on Soldier Field. I mean, so, but for whatever reason, you know, his PFF grades were in the, like the low 60s. Um, for the previous three years, and now he wants CB1 money. Um, I'd be a little leery of that, but uh, you know, and what's going to be the price? I think you're going to have to come up with at least a day two pick for him to get him. So, you know, what do you think yeah, of that? What I do you think? think? Yeah, I think Go that's there. that's going to be the blocking point for Sertan to me. I think the price is going to be extremely steep. Um, right. Uh, you know, the Jacksonville Jaguars got Jalen Ramsey in 2019, and that was two first and a fourth. I think that's what the Broncos would be looking for, even though Sutton's, you know, 28 years old. I don't think the Browns are, are not going to be selling very cheaply when it comes to uh, Zertan. Um, now, they've got two wide receivers that will probably go today, or one or the other, Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy, but as far right. as Sertan, it's not that they're not willing to trade him. I just think that the price is going to be more than what 
other teams are going to be willing to uh, to come up with. But he's right. a talented, talented uh, defensive back, and he would change the dynamics of any defensive backfield of a team that's already got one really good uh, cornerback and then wants to add a book into it that's, you know, has somebody that's struggling on the other side, he would immediately solidify a defensive backfield like that. Right. Um, I'm sorry, guys, but, uh, butting in real quick before we go. We've got uh, some breaking news yeah. that has just dropped since okay. we've been talking about Pat Sertan here. Uh, the commanders okay. have agreed to trade Montez Sweat to the Chicago Bears in exchange for a second round pick. Wow. Wow. Huh? All right. Yeah, they wow. need some help on the edge. Still can't believe that they traded Mac all those years ago. So that was that was yeah. bizarre. But uh yeah, yeah that think, makes I think the I think the Bears cornerback Jalen Johnson will probably be going today too to somebody. He he recently requested a trade. Yeah. After not coming, uh, you know, close to getting a new deal with the Bears last week, and then, right. um, so he's set to be a free agent after this season anyway. So it wouldn't surprise me if the Bears moved him. But that's that's big news there. That's big yeah. news, Kyle. That's an interesting. Yeah, sweats um, sweats a sweats a stud. Yeah, and and I think I think Chase Young. I I don't know if he's going to move or not. I think people. Uh, you know, when he's healthy, he's great. Uh, the problem is that he just doesn't stay on the field a whole lot. And I think people are leery about that. Right. And, you know, can you trade, afford to trade both of them and still be competitive? Well, I, I read a story on The Athletic that if the Commanders beat the Eagles this past week, that they would stay in the race and stay stay pat. But if they lost, they kind of feel that they need to dump some contracts and open right. up their cap space more. And the defensive line would be the, the first place to do it. And all those guys yeah. make lots of money. Yep. Big contracts. Yeah. And this is pretty close to a first-round pick, too, because remember, it's the Bears' first-round pick, and the Bears have two wins on the season this year. So this is pretty Absolutely. close to giving up a first-round pick for Montez Sweat, and that's a great deal for Washington. Yeah, yeah, that's a great. And, and what they say about, yeah, what they say about the thirty third pick is that it's second round uh, pick with, you know, first, you know with, oh, excuse yeah. me, first round talent with second round money. Exactly. You don't get that fifth year, but still, I mean, you nope. save on the price tag. I mean, I think some of the best draft team teams in the draft are the ones who just crush it in the second round. I mean, second round. Yeah, second and third. Bargain, mm -hmm. right. Bargain basement. And don't forget uh, that yeah. the last time the Bears made a trade like this, they gave up their second round pick for Chase Claypool to the Steelers, and the Steelers flipped that mm -hmm. pick into Joey Porter Jr. Ha <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Good one. Uh, this is like Little Rock is awesome with this stuff. Yeah, good connection there. That is really good. So... All right, Barry. Yeah, we're going to keep you on, Kyle. <laughs> yeah, we're going to raise your salary, actually. We'll talk to you about that after the show. But um, So, let's, Barry, let's preview Sunday's yeah. game. Um, what are you looking okay. for from a you know the Browns' standpoint? 
Well, um, the Browns struggle on the offense. They can't throw the ball, but luckily the 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 Cardinals can't seem to defend it. So the what the Browns try to do on offense is run the ball, and they do that quite well. Right. Um, uh, so that's that's where I'm. What I would like to see is as far as the uh, the Browns running the ball quite a bit. It, their offensive line has been a, a roller coaster this year, um, but we're uh, like six in the league in, in rushing. Don't have a whole lot of rushing touchdowns, but um, get a lot of uh, runs on first down and make first down completions. But the passing game for the Browns is just suspect. I don't know if Deshaun's going to play or not. I expect him to. If he does, then that will open it up. Um, but the Cardinals just um, just can't seem to defend the pass very well. And right. um, but they do they do a decent job at 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 running the ball. The the Browns are dead last in passing. So if you've got a bad pass defense and a bad pass offense, that kind of works together, and that kind of makes little to no production. We got a an ace of a kicker. So all we got to do is pass midfield, and we got three points. Yeah. Uh, not this past game, but the week before, he kicked three 50 yards plus, Dustin Hopkins, which we got yes. in a trade with the uh, Los Angeles Chargers. And um, we've been scoring a lot of three points um, with the offense. And, you know, when your offense is scoring a lot of field goals, they're not scoring touchdowns, and that's a problem. We're, right. we're turnover prone on offense. Uh, we'll give you three, maybe four turnovers a game. Um, sometimes we have a lot of offensive penalties. Last game we had very few, so that's not an issue. Um, so I see that the Browns are going to run the ball quite a bit, and yep. it's going to be up to the Cardinals to stop it. Right. Which you may see why I, I'd like to see a tandem of Zayvon Collins and Kaiser White in the middle. Um that would we, work perfectly. We, we need to be more physical between the tackles. Mm -hmm. um, and that's where we've been running. We've been running up the gut. We've been running yeah. between guard and tackle and, and guard and center and all those gaps um, just right up. We, we Once in a while, we'll flip it to the outside and do some kind of sweep. Um, but mainly it's, it's between the tackles and between the, the guard and the tackle. Um, Another thing that's a problem for the Browns is we are very weak at covering a tight end. And so that I see is an area that could be a, a very big plus for the Cardinals. Yeah. Um, right. With Trey McBride coming close. Yeah. 100 yards. He had 95 yards on 10 catches. Um, was he, he looked good. Breakout game. Yeah. And he's the, he, he, he was the Mackey winner two years ago, best tight end mm -hmm. in college football, um, and uh, it's starting to look like it, which is good for us. But uh, now, so now Vegas, you're gonna Vegas go came out, Vegas came out with a seven and a half point favorite of for the Browns of the Cardinals. What's your thoughts about that? I think that's about right. Um, okay. Yeah, I, I've. I'd be tempted to 
take the Browns and the points on that. Um, basically yeah. because, you know, you're going to be up against Clayton Toon, a rookie, or Kyler Murray coming back from his rehab. If it's Kyler, it's then I, I wouldn't bet it. <laughs> yeah, uh, But if it's yeah. Toon, who's just getting his feet wet as a rookie and having to be mm-hmm. breathed on all game by Miles Garrett. <laughs> um, well, facing that, that Browns defense, yeah, that's, that, that's a hard that's a that's a hard first game to be in, and Murray. It depends on how much rust is on him. If he can just come off and shake that off, right. uh, he's dynamic. The, the Browns have issues uh, mostly with with running quarterbacks that can take off, um, like Lamar uh, Jackson of the Ravens. But and so Kyler is would do well with that. Um, yeah. But another thing that the Browns have a problem with is when not Deshaun Watson, but with the PJ Walker. If you can collapse that co- a pocket and put pressure on Walker, Walker has will overthrow. He'll throw in the dirt. Yeah, he's a good scrambler if you can get him out. Right. But if right. you can collapse that pocket, then the, the Cardinals will do themselves a favor. Yeah, we're gonna try to get after the quarterback. That- there because uh you know that's going to be key and we got to stop that your running game and it'll be a lot of familiarity because of drew pet saying israel wolfwork i mean guys that know your offense know your defense um there'll be some yeah like familiarity. yeah yeah pro hold yeah. center right and which so. they should have they should have never they should have signed him and and kept him i, I was disappointed that they let him sign away He's a real physical player. We like him a lot. I think he translates mm-hmm. better to left guard. Um, but yeah. um, but he's doing fine. I mean, save for the occasional wild uh, shotgun snap that one cost us yeah. two games ago. Um, but typically he's on the mark there. And yeah, I mean he gets off the ball and really, uh, yeah, our our offensive line is much more aggressive than it has been in mm-hmm. the past. And we've got some big guys in there um, who are getting yeah. after it. Our right guard, Will Hernandez, I think is developing into one From of the, the better right guards in, in football. Um, he's a bull. Yeah. And then Paris Johnson Jr. on the right side has been inconsistent, but um, he's he yeah. he gets several pancakes a, a game, it's particularly downfield. Uh, he's a real burgeoning talent. Um, so yeah, yeah, it'd be interesting. I thought it was odd. Front. I thought it was odd that uh, the that Will Hernandez left the Giants to join the Cardinals, and and uh, Pew left the Cardinals to sign back with the Giants. Right. Well, what happened was uh, our old, our former offensive line coach Sean Coogler was uh, Will Hernandez's college coach at UTEP. So. Gotcha. That's that was the link that got him into Arizona. And once he got here, he he's liked it. Um, and um, you know, he signed on. I think we have him for next year too. He signed a two-year deal. Um, yeah, we've been really happy with him. He fits the bill. Um, yeah, yeah. Hernandez, Hernandez's backstory is is incredible. He, they, his family lived in somebody's garage for years. Right. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Mother, Amazing father, sister. That. Yeah. Mother, father, sister, yeah. and Will 
you know, I lived in somebody's garage and, and rented that. And, you know, it wasn't like it was converted into a studio or anything. It was just somebody's garage with the door closed. Oh, amazing. Wow, what a great story. And uh, what mm-hmm. an American dream story. That is yep. uh, fantastic. So, um, yeah, I, I'm i going to be very curious to see if our defense shows up again the way they did against the Ravens um, this time on the road. That must be frustrating. That must be real frustrating for for somebody like you that covers the team to see a, a defense that plays really, really good. Again. You know, the Ravens are a great team. Right. And then – and then other games, it's just like, who are these guys? Correct. You know, and you said it so well because I've been getting a whole bunch of shit from people for being critical. Like, there's two people yeah, you can't it. ever criticize now without getting shit from someone. Kyler Murray and Jonathan Gannon. Yeah. Um, oh, I don't want Monty Austin for the GM. I mean, if you're going to say anything critical, like I'm still pissed they traded Isaiah Simmons for a seventh round pick. That to me was oh. just egregious, and um, he's that got was, a better PFF grade than than you know he'd be third on our PFF board. You know he's yeah. playing part time for the Giants because their inside yeah. linebackers are really good, but um, yeah. and they have him you know moving them all around. But a talent like Isaiah Simmons. Stick him, stick around and coach him. I mean, coach him up. Be the yeah. be the coach that break. You know that that finds. Oh, I, I don't want to get on the rant anymore. But but you you said it. It does bother me, especially if you're going to hire a defensive minded head coach. To see, yeah. I mean, four four games in a row, Barry. The second half was just like roll over. I mean, it was that bad. Yeah. I mean, there were games. Yeah where you didn't even need um, the chains. I mean, because there were no third downs, because between first and second down, there's they're getting more than 10 yards a clip. And, you know, I mean, yeah. and scoring every time they touched the ball in the second half. But that was when the yeah. offense was keeping them in the game. Now we have this reverse script where our offense is now struggling to score points and to keep things close, so the defense is keeping it closer. And so today, and I, I kind of will leave with this note, <laughs> I was reading in the Boston Globe today the notes from, uh, I think, Mike Valin, who does a great job, um, is an NFL writer, and he, he, he uh, or Ben Valin, um, he focuses on the Patriots, but he, he does keep an eye out league round, and he makes comments. And he was lauding Gannon today for coming up with the perfect way to have the perception that the team is playing hard while tanking. (laughs) uh, (laughs) You know, I think there's a merit, you know, why is it that the, you know, that you can't get both sides, main sides of the ball playing hard at the same and well at the same time, you know? Uh, So uh, it'll be really interesting to me if, if, the defense shows up the way they did against Baltimore. This might be a game. If not, forget yeah. it. It's going to be one. And then, one, and then you take a game against the Cowboys where they just dominated the entire first half and second half. 
I mean, they just they just stymied the the the, the Cowboys in in week three, twenty eight right. sixteen. You know, of right. course, you know you had you had Connor playing then. He he right. rushed for almost a hundred yards. Right. But you you were just at two hundred twenty two rushing yards for the game, and that was really the the difference in the game. Is you just ran all over. Yes. Uh, a defense, and now now look at Dallas. They're five and two. Right. They're they're talk they're talking about maybe we can get that second or or third seed. Um, and if you know, I think the the Cowboys Eagles uh, when they play, that could determine who gets the number one seed in that. And the, the Cardinals beat the Cowboys. Not only did they beat them, but they just the entire game they just kind of dictated how it was. Um, right. But you know, you took somebody like uh, Kazir White. He was lights out in that game. Fourteen he tackles. Yep. He was everywhere. And he had you know him and interception. Yeah. Yeah, him and Clark and and Jalen Thompson and and Barnes, they were just all over that Cowboys offense. Well, where is that defense week in and week out? Uh, Where? It makes you wonder, and how can they play like that? See, that's what I've been arguing to my my fans who were very critical of me being critical, is that um, if you already showed you can hang with one of the best offenses in the league, and even beat them. Yeah. So don't right. say, you know, it's the cop out, you know, and I'm sorry, but it, to me it is. Oh, well, we, we have awful personnel. I mean, we're just, we, we have the worst roster in, 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 in the NFL. I, I vehemently disagree with that. I, you know, it's, yeah. if you can do that against the Cowboys, if you can hold Lamar Jackson and the Ravens to 268 points, you can't be void of talent. And and the, no. what made it even more impressive against the Cowboys was we were without Buda Baker, who is the straw that stirs mm-hmm. our drink on defense. So, I mean, we did this without Absolutely. Buda. And so, mm-hmm. you know, but, uh, but yeah, if our defense shows up, this could be a game. If it doesn't, um, you know, we're probably going to be able to, you know, it's probably going to be a blowout. And um, we'll go from there. But, Barry... Thanks so much for joining us, and uh, we want to make a yearly tradition of this uh, trading deadline because you're so knowledgeable about yeah. these things and you bring a perspective that I really appreciate. And um, yeah. wish you well this week. Let me give. Go ahead. Let me give you a football idiom before I go. Please do. Okay, I, I want to tell you where the West Coast offense came from. You know, we know that that's a finesse offense that places a greater emphasis on the short passing game than on a run-oriented offense designed to control the ball. Well, this attack was developed by Bill Walsh, but not as head coach of the San Francisco 49ers. He was an assistant coach on the Cincinnati Bengals staff under Paul Brown from 1968 to 1975. Now, his quarterback at the time with the Bengals was Virgil Carter, who was accurate, but he didn't have a strong arm. So Walsh developed a system of shorter passes with a higher percentage completions. Now, he later installed it as head coach with the uh, San Francisco 49ers during those Super Bowl years. But where it got its name was in 1985, during the 80s, it was the Cowboys, the Giants, and the 49ers every year and they were all vying for going to the Super Bowl 
throw in the right. Redskins there. So the Giants had been stymied every time that they played the 49ers, except in 1985. They dominated the 49ers 17-3 to in the playoffs with a stiff run game that had stifled that potent uh, 49ers offense. Uh, Parcells had scoffed at the 49ers' refined pass-first offense, and right. in the game, in the locker room after the game, he shouted, "What do you think about that West Coast offense now?" <laughs> oh, great story! <laughs> so a reporter picked that up and he coined yeah. it, and that's why it's the called West the West Coast, Coast offense. <laughs> it was an outburst. <laughs> oh, gotta love Parcells. He had some of the greatest quotes ever. My favorite is, yeah, he, when a player shows you who he is, believe him. <laughs> yeah, I've used that one <laughs> so many times. So, oh, yeah. man. I, and, of I, course, I the, use, the iconic. Yeah, I use Mike Tyson. I like Mike Tyson's quote. Everybody has a plan until you hit him in the mouth. Exactly. You know, he loved that. Parcells loved that one, too. And, and yeah. the, the hey, iconic. I, I, I have thoroughly. I have thoroughly enjoyed my time with you today, Walter. It's always a pleasure, Barry. Thank you so much for joining us and uh, and adding your wisdom and your understanding of NFL lore is is non pari without you know without without peer. Um, you're amazing. That's, that's and very kind you words. And, well, you so well deserve them, and between you and Kyle who's got yeah. this like photographic memory of every trade that's gone down in the last 20 years. I feel like I'm Ooh, surrounded that... by instant info. So, um, yeah, it's great. Yeah. Kyle, do you want to, do you have something to add? To, as you want I to just do? wanted to say that Barry has been maybe the best guest we've had on the show and I appreciate your insight and I'm really glad that we could have you back for another year and get your, instant reactions to all of the fun trade deadline news. Yeah. It's, it's good to talk to people that are NFL knowledgeable and, and you can go from one topic to another and, and you don't skip a beat. Uh, that's enjoyable. All right, man. Stay tuned for next year. Um, I'm going to agree yeah. to the um, Humphreys for Jedrick Wills trade. I'm going right. to agree to we, uh, Don't we sell yourself out. short, Walter. Throw in a fourth round pick. Don't sell yourself short. <laughs> yeah. No, are, I'm are not we kidding. still throwing in that? Are we still throwing in that bag of footballs? <laughs> we'll throw in a and a bag of Krispy Kremes for you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That that sounds like a deal to me. Well, I, I think well, I think the Browns would come out on top on that. Well, enjoy <laughs> the game on Sunday. Enjoy the game Thank on you. Sunday. I think it's going to be a lot closer. Uh, than a lot of people think. I think people are are assuming the Browns are going to come in there and, and kick ass and take names. I think it's going to be a closer game um, that than what uh, people are predicting it to be. But it's it's been an enjoyable time with you, and uh, enjoy the game on Sunday. Thanks, gentlemen, and to the Cardinal fans out there, may the red rain shower down on you into the red red sea. Red rain. <laughs>